Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you let everyone know what we got in store today? Great, Adam. So today we are joined by two guys from the Plano campus. We've got Derek Matthews. He is our men's equipping director. And then we have Kyle Kegler, who is a campus pastor at Plano. And fun fact, the guy that hired me, what was that, 16 what? years ago? <laughs> Long time ago. And did Come not uh, and did not fire me. So thank you, Kyle. <laughs> That's right. Uh, where did he take you to lunch for that recruiting? Because didn't you take Kadersha to like IHOP or something like that? We've, we we've met at IHOP for breakfast. Yeah, Kyle, I don't know. I, I do not remember. I just know we changed your job description two, two months after we hired yes, you. Yes, yeah. I mostly worked through the trauma of that. <laughs> mostly. That's right. That's so. right. Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how do you go from first-timer to fully deployed, uh, just another way of talking about leadership development. It's a subject that I know you two, Derek and Kyle, are both very passionate about. So why don't we just start off the conversation, talk about why. Why are you guys so passionate about this subject? What's going on up there in Plano and some of the story there? Yeah, that's great. Uh, I would say probably about five years ago, the elders asked me to think about building a team to go up to Plano and start a new campus. And so as anybody that's probably listening to this podcast knows, um, instantly it becomes too much work to do and not enough people. And so we started thinking through, hey, how do we intentionally uh, develop leaders? And so it literally started with us, hey, show up with your Bible on a Wednesday morning and we're going to study the book of Second Timothy. But there were a couple things in that that we began to tell people. And one is that, hey, we really need you to become a leader tried to give them a vision for, hey, here's where this is going, and that we're going to give them a specific path on how to do that. And over the course of time, it's developed into a much more, uh, I would say it's filled out, probably much more than that, but it's still the same concepts of, hey, we need people to lead and do ministry. And um, yeah, it's just grown into something that we're excited about and that God's using. So John, probably every leader listening right now, this is relevant to them, right? Is there anybody that goes, oh no, we don't, we, we have plenty of people, uh, not enough work. <laughs> I talked to a lot of churches. I, I don't remember that soundbite. Yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it is, it is one of the distinctives there. I think these guys, um, you know, have been really, really thoughtful about it. It's candidly the other campuses. We look to these guys. It's like, yeah. man, tell us about how you, how you do that. And and I think uh, just a couple things here before we even jump into it. The Kyle's really good at one. Uh, he just in instinctively thinks about teams. Like he just can't think of or conceive of doing something solo. Uh, he always builds teams. This, is what, this way I've always known you to lead, Kyle. It's just intuitively birds fly south for the winter. You build teams. It's just the way uh, you think. And secondly is they've got a plan. And yeah. so I think when you go to recruit leaders, when you kind of give them a vision for what could be in their lives, uh, most of them uh, feel pretty inadequate. And man, they are hoping you have a plan and you can help them get to where uh, you think they should be. And that's one of the things I think these guys have done so well. And I'm excited for them uh, to share. Yeah, Derek. Yeah. So for me, uh, several years ago, working on another staff under another type of culture, another strategy of, hey, the entire staff does all the work of ministry. Uh, led me to a serious season of burnout, uh, yeah. emotionally, spiritually, physically, just I was at zero. Um, and I remember praying, Lord, if this is ministry, I don't want it. Mm. And um, by God's grace, I ended up at Watermark about three and a half years ago. I was a part of one of the first uh, groups that started moving through this um, funnel. And I remember pulling Kegler aside and just going, hey, what is this? This is, this is everything it should be, but I've never seen it before. Hmm. And I got to experience it firsthand and be confused by it and be 
amazed by it. And then now in the position that I'm at, being able to give ministry away to a point in which literally once a month, I'm talking with a full grown man who's in tears because he's so amazed that he get to use, gets to use his gifts and talents yeah. to bless others and to be a part of God's mission. That's that, why I'm excited about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so what is some of the philosophy? Uh, it's not just about we have too much work to do. I know it's a lot more than that. So why don't you guys, before we jump into a little bit more of the details of uh, some of the, I don't know, the X's and O's of how you actually do the developing what what philosophically drives uh, drives this process for you guys? Yeah, well, I'll just kind of start by saying that we we need to, you know I tell those guys we need you we need you to grow and be mature in Christ and then we need you to engage and get in the game. So there is a big picture. You're part of something special and unique and great for God's kingdom that's happening. So come on, be a part of that. And then Derek's done an incredible job of just saying, okay, let's put let's put some handles on that process so you guys know exactly how to do that. I mean, I got nothing to add to that. I just, I think we need, <laughs> we need the body of Christ. And this is amazingly biblical that we are here to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body so that we all become mature in who we're meant to be in Christ. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's plain as day in scripture. And I, and I truly believe that so often, uh, pastors and other people want to do God's thing, but they end up doing God's thing their way. Yeah. And God has laid us a roadmap of how to do God's thing God's way. That's good. So, all right, let's, let's kind of like tell the story of just a, a regular, uh, like a first timer. They show up at Watermark Plano. They hear about, let's say a men's Bible study. They show up to the men's Bible study on a, was it on a Thursday, Thursday morning. morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now talk us through the process. Now get into it. Like, so you say so you have a conversation with this guy. Where does it go from there? Yeah, so he comes and he is at a table uh, with a handful of other men that are all participants. We always have two leaders at the table, one that is a leader, one is that a co-leader. And our leaders are trusted and trained. They've moved through this process as well. And so they're now in a position in which they've caught the vision, caught the, um, the, the, the mindset. And so we just tell them, hey, a part of this Bible study, we want to help people love God's word and learn it. uh, But we also want to look for and discover the faithful, available and teachable. Um, And so uh, right now, our study is almost over and they're really having eyes on who's faithful in their pursuit of the Lord and anything else God's given them, who's available in their margin in life to have they shown up uh, and then teachable in their hunger and humility. And notice that we didn't say mature or has the Bible memorized. It's just faithful, available, teachable. Uh, we grab a list. Uh, they submit it to us. We vet it through a couple of different processes. And so uh, then we send those individuals out an email just saying, hey, somebody saw you and thought that you were faithful, available, and teachable. And we're inviting you now to develop that in a closed group Bible study. This is invite only. Uh, this is because we see God's hand on your life right now. We invite them into that, um, a leadership training, which is six weeks. And then through that process, they learn various skills. Basically, we just thought through what does any leader in any ministry need to know, believe, act upon. And we just created a, a, a kind of a curriculum to move them through that. Uh, it's highly relational. It's highly kind of put them in the deep end, see how they facilitate a table on their own. And then we hit pause, we give them feedback. It's highly training. It's not just come and listen. Uh, but then from there, we want to deploy them. Um, so we've discovered them, we've developed them. We want to deploy them uh, in an area that they're gifted at, passionate about. That might be back in men's Bible study. That might be kids. That might be students. That might be external focus. That might be a number of other areas. Uh, we see 
specifically men's Bible study and women's Bible study as a giant net that we can cast out, uh, uh, a giant pond in which we can cast out this net and just pull in yeah. the faithful, available, teachable to de- discover them, develop them, and then to pull them out. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, and I think it's a lot more than just men's Bible study and women's Bible study. We're not asking them to make an A in Summit or an A in that Bible study. We're just saying, hey, be faithful, show up, and then be a part, you know, of this process of what's going on. Yeah, love it. And I do, I do think, uh, I hope our listeners caught that um, everything you do kind of has, <clears throat> is feeding into this funnel. So even your, you know, anytime you have any kind of gathering, you've got a leader and you've got a co-leader yep. uh, and you're always inviting people into this process. And so uh, as a leader, I have just seen this mistake made over and over and over again. People think about leadership development when they're behind the eight ball. And so they wanted to do something and they, they were just shorthanded. And then I go, oh no, let's fire up some kind of, you know, mechanism to get, you know, uh, get leaders in there and develop them. And then as soon as kind of the, the, the onslaught is uh, is over and, and things are a bit stabilized. They take their eye off of uh, kind of the whole leadership development game. And one of the things I've loved is you guys, that's just kind of what you do. It's not an add-on. It's not a program. It's not a, a quick fix. You're in the leader development business and yep. you develop leaders every single day. And uh, I think it's one of the reasons why the campus is so darn healthy uh, is because that's just kind of what you do. And you don't mm-hmm. start and stop. You don't, uh, you know, you're not trying to fix problems. You just kind of see that as leadership is the development piece, which is really so. Solid. This never, if I if I heard that right, this never shows up in the our version of the bullets in the watermark news. Right. There's never a, a little a little box in there that says "want to lead, come to this meeting." Correct. Is that correct? So it's yeah. all it's all other leaders yes. recruiting other leaders. Yeah. Yes. And to John's point, we we have to work at the deployment piece. Yeah. You know, we've got to work at having places to send these guys. But if you really stop and think about it, specifically at our campus, we're telling these guys, hey, we've got a need for a single mom's ministry. We've got a need for a blended family ministry. We've got a need for all these things. And so there are all these ways to meet the needs of our people that they're not meeting now because we don't have leaders. So we mm-hmm. continue and, and we've got hundreds of things. Great story. Um, you know, several weeks ago, Derek sent an email to all of our ministry directors and he just said, hey, I I've got 12 trained leaders that I feel good about putting to any situation you're going to come up with and they need to be placed. And so can you imagine the response from our director? It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's come it's and get like, them. Yeah. Come and get them. <laughs> yeah, did anybody okay. say no, thanks. They're like, no, we're, we're all full. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> so what was so great, a story that did come from that is one of the individuals had kind of been serving kind of one foot in one foot out in one of the ministries. And after he went through this, he just caught the vision of what it really means to use his gift and passions and he has committed uh, in the two-year-olds he currently is with to be with them until they graduate college, uh, high school. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's on fire right now. And uh, Does he have kids of his own? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. That's amazing. That's Great question. Magical six weeks. Yeah. Uh, hey, there's one thing, John, I just want to mention here is so we talked about men's Bible study and women's Bible study. Yeah. Kind of that level one is really anybody at our church that's a, that's a member, that's yeah. a volunteer. And so that top of the funnel is very wide. Yeah. And so Derek does a great job of just saying, hey, who, who needs to move into kind of this level two leadership? Yeah. And it really all you need is a recommendation from somebody to kind of jump into that. Yeah. And so I don't want to make it sound like it's yeah. just equipping. It's just equipping ministry. Although we've told the one of the big picture things here is that we've told our equipping 
team that we don't want this equipping to be a destination. Nobody, I don't want them to build a big equipping ministry right. at our campus. Yeah. I want them to be a pipeline for training leaders. And so they have freedom. They know that their numbers don't matter. We're just, our job is an equipping ministry or Derek and his team's job is to develop leaders. And so they're our pipeline stays about the same. It doesn't grow, but we're continually sending people through that pipeline out to other ministries. Good. Yeah, it's amazing to look around and see other ministries and and remember when that person started a couple years back in the equipping ministry and know, hey, that person is trained up in certain ways and is using their gifts and passions to, to radically bless another area of the church because there's really no other area that has this big of a open door. And what I mean by that is this, there's not 200 adult men gathering Thursday morning to hear about student ministry each week. Yeah. But we can use that to bless the rest of the the church body by by gathering together, discovering them, developing them, and then deploying them outward. So when a man comes up to me and says, hey, I know I've been leading in Summit, uh, our men's Bible study, but I really feel called over here. I just go, thank you. Let's celebrate that. That's amazing. Have you talked to this director yet and get them connected? And that is the win. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So uh, I want to double click on this whole development piece, guys, and hear a little bit more uh, about what you do there. I think our listeners will want to know, like, well, so what do you do in there? What's the secret uh, sauce? Um, and But one of the questions I had, Kyle, was do you keep those um, those needs, you know, the things that you want to start? Are you keeping that in front of these people here? Say, hey, if we just had the right leaders and we would start these things? Yeah, I try to always, I, I don't, I'm not super specific okay. about that, but I'm always telling even our body on Sundays, hey, we need you to discover, develop and deploy your gifts, right? We need you to come do that. And I do even mention sometimes from the stage, I'm like, hey, these are things that we're praying and asking God to raise up leaders who will jump into the middle of these things. So they know, our whole body knows that, hey, we have a need for them. I love it. So I think I do think it's a great way to, to get people through this process is to um, express some type of opportunity loss that, that, that exists by by them not doing this, right? So uh, classically in, you know, kids ministry, when you're trying to, you know, recruit some volunteers, if everything looks great, kind of that, you know, people won't, won't volunteer. And if you say, listen, we're closing classes, families are getting in their cars and leaving our church because we don't have enough uh, kids ministry volunteers, people will raise their hand, you know? And so you can talk about the, the needs that exist already and the opportunities um, that we're missing out on in the future. And if we just had the right leaders and a lot of people will really respond to that. They don't want to be a cog in your machine. Um, but if there's some opportunities out there that they could go chase down dream about, they'll respond to that church. Historically has not done a great job, but a great way to great do, do a great job doing that. But a great way to get great leaders or great potential leaders is to tell them there's some opportunities out here. If we just had the right people, you might be uh, the right person. Uh, let's see, you'll get some really great folks through that process. Yeah. And I, and I, and I really think giving them when you deploy, them. It, it's not, I mean, look, I love the people in our church that change diapers and all that, but it's giving people significant leadership roles yes. yeah. within ministry, right? Hey, you are going to be talking about direction and vision and execution and strategy. We want to deploy you to go do that. And so one of the ways I've talked about it before is I almost, I tell our directors, I'm like, you need a directional team and think about it as your elders for your ministry. Go get lay people 
okay, who will be your elder team, so to speak, to give wisdom, direction, help you manage it, all of those things. So those are great places that we send people because it gives them a chance to use all their gifts and talents. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Derek. So there's two uh, ways that we try to deploy people. Uh, John, to your question is one that we have this kind of master list of every leadership gap within our campus that we constantly update. And so That's it's great. a simple email. Great. It's a simple Excel shared file uh, that our directors can go and just constantly be updated. It's helpful for them, but I, we literally print that off and we know where their needs are. And so as the men are moving through this and as the women are moving through this, we can print that out and say, hey, here's the specific needs, or we can sit, sit with them, listen to their heart, hear their passions, hear their gifts and say, hey, did you know there's actually a need here? So that's kind of one stream. Uh, the other stream is when men and women just go, hey, I'm, I'm really passionate about fill in the blank. Uh, we had men come up last year and go, I'm really passionate about investing in the dads at our campus. Another man say, came up and said, hey, I'm really passionate about investing in those that are over 50 at our campus. And these guys have been trained, they're trusted. So we kind of give them some, some a road to walk on and kind of see if they're faithful in that. And multiple ministries have been started over the last couple of years because people have gone through this whole process and have this passion, have this gift. And then now they are not just owning ministry. They, they started it. Yeah. Love it. Love That's it. Great. Can we, can we go back to the develop piece? I kind of pulled this off sides. Uh, I apologize, but the development, what, what are you doing in, uh, in, in the room? You got six weeks with these people talk about what's going on in there. Yeah, so as uh, an individual that's been identified as faithful, available, and teachable, we pull them into a leadership training. Uh, and so that's six weeks. The first week is a welcome introduction, get to know your group. The last week is kind of a stand and deliver, which they have to be ready to come and, and, and share what they've learned. And so with that, we really just did kind of reverse engineer it. We just go, what do we want every leader uh, to know uh, in their head, their heart, their hands, and then their overall health? And so uh, we put together um, this 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 very quick um, but very intense training thing in which it's uh, we do it twice a year. Um, a lot of it is moving through uh, the book of Second Timothy. And so we we pick that because that's both Paul imparting and, and, and passing the baton over to young Timothy. But what it does is Second uh, Timothy is four chapters. And so if it's six weeks, the first and last week are already taken. Uh, we give the participants, uh, they are going to lead the table at some point whether it's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. And so we set it up like one of our Bible studies actually looks, uh, but we abridge it and we call it training. And so they lead for 30 minutes or so around the table. And then we hit pause and we have the table, give them feedback on the spot. Hey, what did you do? Well, what did you improve upon? And we just say the most loving thing for you right here is to help this person get better. You're either going to fail in here or you're going to fail out there. Um, and so they're learning stuff throughout the week on the side uh, in that health, head, heart, hands. Uh, we spend time talking about that. And at the end, we have a celebration. We share stories uh, and we help them to really catch the vision of what's next uh, because it's not about coming and sitting in a classroom. It's about being equipped so you can go out and fulfill the work of ministry. And this isn't just to go back to your first story. This, you guys didn't start off with this six week. It's got a welcome. There's a stand and deliver at the end. I mean, I think you, what you said was the first meeting was get together, 
bring your Bible. We're going to figure it out. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then over the years, it's been iterated every single time we ask ourselves the same question. What did we do? Well, what can we do better? And over the years it's, it's become what it is. And ask me in three years, it's going to look probably different and, and hopefully Lord willing better. But the same philosophy always going to be there. You're always looking for leaders and you always then want to develop them for the purpose of deployment. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple things that are important. One feedback culture, like they know when they're stepping into, into this, that they're going to get feedback on how they lead. And the other thing is we're really clear on the front end of both kind of this uh, six week study. Then there's kind of another level that we do. We're incredibly clear on the front end. Here's what it is. Here's what's coming. Here's what's expected of you. And, you know, we even say, if you can't do that, just wait till the next time. Yeah. Right. But we're really clear. And so the guys that are in there are hungry to be leaders. So you ever get somebody that goes through it and then you're like, eh, Maybe they weren't as great as we thought they were. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but here's what's great about it. One, they've been vetted already. Um, faithful, available, teachable. We have almost no attrition rate moving through it. Um, and we don't need solely leaders. We need leaders and co-leaders. Yeah. And so what we often do at the end, we we take an in-house ranking and we actually know who are the you know, our top leaders who are above average, who's average, who's below average. And so when we go to pair leaders and co-leaders, Guess who gets paired? Yeah, it's the above. It's the above average and easily one of our best leaders paired with the below average. And we tell our above average leaders, "Hey, you're leading this table, and you're discipling this individual yeah. as you move through it." <laughs> I just love that nomenclature. You're above average. And, yeah. Uh, so there's two of you. We're not going to tell you. Yeah, which and there's one a leader whose average. brain is just like blown away. Like, there's a ranking. Is this in the newspaper? Like, how do you determine it. this? Okay, so okay, let me take you to the side of this. Six weeks. Come on, yep. man. Like, what can you really do? Yeah, that's not weeks? enough time that's, at all. That's malpractice. I think that's great because this is not the only training we do. Uh, one, we don't want to keep people in the classroom. But two, we have ongoing training uh, in which you have the leader and co-leader dynamic. And then we also have what's called coaches. And so coaches are people uh, that kind of move around different areas and are there to invest in the leaders. So we're talking about another level of leadership and they actually have another level of training yep. that we put into them. Yeah, I think there's another part of this, too, is Derek's kind of responsible. We've said to get these guys 75 percent trained. But if they're heading to student ministry or they're heading somewhere else, you know, our recovery ministries, there's there's training that those ministries want to do with these people before they throw them in. Right. And so there's another 25, 30 percent of training that's happening. So the equipping ministry's job is to get them 75 percent ready, ready to be deployed. Then the individual ministries take over the training moving into their ministry. And so, John, you have some thoughts on this because you and I, we've talked about this before, that you think the church's default like uh, posture usually when it comes to developing leaders is what? It's like a two-year training program. Yeah. You yeah. know, you want to like, lead. In this case, we're talking a lot. Just it's a, it's an example. We're talking about like leading a Bible study. And I like, this is not hyperbole. Like I know churches, they will make people go through a two-year leadership development program before they're ever allowed to lead mm. kind of like a fill-in-the-blank Bible study. And yeah. I think that is crazy. Yeah. Now the but heart is right there. We get absolutely. it. We want, you don't want to put. High bar. Yes. High bar. But I think <laughs> two years from now, they're not going to be able to remember what week one was, yeah. um, you know, th- that long ago. Uh, so I think we can get people on on the field quicker. And I think we can kind of walk with them, which I think you guys have done. It's kind of like this, you know, this time lapse of training, not just one big dump truck and then walking, walking with them, which is the way most of us actually learned if we mm-hmm. think about it totally. uh, there. So, yeah. Adults learn 
uh, heard it from this podcast, actually. Adults learn on a need-to-know basis. Amen. And so if we are just making them sit and listen to a talking head for six weeks, nine weeks, a year, it really doesn't matter how much. That's why even the training is they're leading a table and then they're getting feedback right there. And so talk about coming prepared. Yeah. They're ready. Um, and so we talked about one level of leadership uh, training. Uh, there's actually another one. Uh, and so we talked about the leaders around the tables and the co-leaders around the tables. Uh, we've discovered, developed, deployed them. They're in, in this area and not just within Summit. They're in all these different areas around the church in which they're leading. Uh, well, from there, we have eyes on those people as well. Uh, that just because you're leading a handful of people doesn't mean that you've arrived and that's the end of your ministry. You know, that's, you, you, you've, you've reached Everest already. So we have people looking at those individuals, both staff and non-staff, looking at these individuals. And if they're faithful, available, teachable in that role, he who is faithful with little will be faithful with more. And if we believe that they could lead other leaders, then we actually tap them on sh their shoulder, uh, send them an email and say, hey, we have this other thing that we're doing called pastoral and theological training. Uh, that thing is nine weeks and uh, same kind of similar model in terms of the first and last week are, hey, welcome and then stand and deliver. And the middle weeks are some of the favorite things I get to do all year because we literally took the top seven issues that we face at our church. We asked the elders, hey, what were the top seven things uh, that you have to step into? And what we do is uh, we give them an empty binder day one and we say, Here's the questions. Here's the topics. Here's your Bible. Go. And you have one week to come back with an overview of topic one. We're going to put all your names into a hat, and then we're going to pull out one. And you have to stand up and be ready to present an overview over a, a number of the key topics. We do that over uh, seven weeks total, nine weeks with the whole course. And man, these men come out. We use case studies. We do ride-alongs. We do other things within that time. Uh, we cover the other seven uh, essentials in our faith as well. Uh, and these men come out. And then those are the men if you and, and women that if you look around our campus, anyone who's owning a ministry or in a key leadership spot, every single one of them have gone through this. Love, so we look at it. them and we know exactly, hey, you, you can do X, Y, and Z, and you have a heart uh, for people. And, and that ministry is going to be amazing because that person's leading it. I love it. Tell me some of the topics that you guys talk about in there. I think that'll be a question. Yeah, people. for those yeah. of you that have been leading or know Watermark a little bit, membership's really important for us. And we get that question all the time, right? Is why why uh, why is membership so important? That's a topic. Uh, we talk about, hey, how does the church move into government and politics? How do we do that? How do we do that in a way uh, that's loving? How do we handle women in leadership here at our place, right? What does that look like? How does that happen? So those are some of the topics that we That's good. Tackle. That's good. Well, yeah. guys, I love it. And if you're a leader thinking about this, um, one of the things I just want to encourage you to think about is how you got to where you are. And um, here, here's a pretty common scenario I've noticed is that, that leaders, you know, they've been in the game for a long time. They get really agitated with people who can't figure it out, hmm. uh, you know, and they'll just say, go, hey, go, go lead, go do this. And, and the person's willing, they just don't know how. And and to them, it's now very intuitive. They understand it's very obvious and they forgot their path to get there. Someone was very patient. Hmm. Someone taught them content. Uh, someone let them uh, observe. Someone gave them feedback when they gave their first talk or they did their, you know, their first whatever. Um, and now that they're all the way uh, on, the, on the other end of that 
you know, kind of continuum, it's just very obvious to them. And I think you just have to remember how you got there. And, and it's just really funny. Some leaders will talk and it's almost as if they think um, in hindsight, you know, between their sophomore and junior year in college, they took the summer off, read the Bible and, uh, and they've been good ever <laughs> since then. Like that, that was all they needed. They've got it all figured out yeah. and it wasn't. And uh, the people behind you uh, will still need some of the same handholds that you were given, some of the same uh, patience and some of the same structures and content and categories in which uh, to operate off. And it, it will always be that way. Don't forget that uh, once it becomes really obvious to you. So guys, what would you say? I'm, I'm just trying to think about questions that leaders may be having as they're listening to you guys talk about what you do and the discover, develop, and deploy process. And the, it sounds like you guys have two secret clubs to join, which is just awesome. I yeah. love it. Like you, there, you never know that this is out there. You got to be invited yeah, to both there's of handshakes. Them. There's all, <laughs> yeah, all that is, people respond well to scary. They really, yeah, there is secrecy. something to that. Yeah, that's pretty totally. genius that, Hey, you gotta, this is, uh, and I think what it, it, it communicates Kyle, what you talked about that, Hey, we need you. And it does communicate value to go, this isn't for everyone. Uh, and we want to, we want to intentionally spend some time with you. So, so some of the questions that people may be having right now is, is anticipating the way their body might respond right. to this. And so one of the questions I know that you guys get or have heard from other churches is what would you, how would you equip the leader to answer this question? So they want to start to develop some leaders and a member comes up and looks at them and says, now, why on earth would I do your job? How would you, how would you guys respond to that? Why are you, why are you okay. training me to do your yeah, job? Why, are you going to play golf? You're you here gonna, yeah. and we're paying you to do this. Now, why do you need That's me? I, give. I show up yeah. on Sunday. So what, how, how do you guys think through yeah, that? And I that? think I would talk to church staff or pastors or whatever and say, I, that our job is to equip to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's our job. Our our language around here is we're hired here to do ministry through people and not to people. Mm. And so I think we have to train our body that that's our that that's our job, right? And so I've been accused several times that hey, Kegler doesn't do anything, <laughs> right? And so my heart has always is been that true, Derek. Uh, it is not. You need to uh, that quick. Careful. You and you I think that too long. How do I respond? But, but it's funny. We think yeah. that when we give ministry away, it's going to be a it's going to be a burden to people, and it's not a burden. It's yeah. a blessing. And when we give ministry away, it's a blessing to us mm. because we've got freedom to work on the things that we need to be working on as we do that. So I think part of it is is training your body to know, hey, that you're paying us to help you do ministry. And don't let us cheat you out of the blessing of seeing God go to work in people's lives. Derek. Yeah, it is robbery uh, if you're holding on ministry and it will exercise and it will lead you to burnout. Yeah. Um, and so w when I was first asked that question, it is the number one question I do get asked. Uh, I actually didn't know how to answer it because I have in this, in this context, I, I've never been asked uh, that no one's ever had that attitude. And so it surprised me that this was the question that kept coming up. And so I started answering it in two ways. One is the way that uh, Kyle just answered it. of just showing them this is the role. This is, let me train you just to think differently or think biblically here in Ephesians 4. But then what I started to notice too was, uh, membership matters around here and being in community matters around here. And we hold our body to a high standard of what it means to, to know. We, 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 we believe that full devotion is normative and that vernacular is so holistic around here that when I go and I call somebody to come to a six week thing or a nine week thing, or just go, Hey, I believe God's gifted you and wired you to go do this. 
they are like, they are blown away, encouraged, excited. They stay up all night. They can't stop thinking about it. And it blesses them. It blesses me. It blesses the body. And I just go, man, I don't know if I would be able to do this fully if the culture here wasn't what it was. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Kyle, um, I think a great story uh, in the last couple of years of our church is how we launched our Frisco campus mm-hmm. and we didn't launch it from our Dallas campus. We actually right. launched it from uh, the Plano campus. Right. So we started the campus in Plano yep. mm-hmm. uh, that you lead. And then from uh, from there, we launched one in Frisco. Traditionally, you right. launch everything out of, uh, you know, the, the original campus. And right. so this all plays into that. Um, yeah, it's the I same think, exact thing yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of what we did at Frisco. We, we had people at our campus that lived in Frisco, which was a 30 or 35 minute drive. They couldn't invite their friends and the folks they wanted to. It was just a difficult invite. And so we started meeting together and we did the same thing. We got 12 families together and we started running them through, hey, who's faithful, available and teachable? Is there really a group of people here that want to be the church in Frisco? Yeah. And so we trained them and then we kind of moved them through kind of that second level of training. And then at the end of that second level of training, we just said, okay, we've got people here that are ready to ready to be the church, regardless of a of a building, regardless of, hey, we're starting with these ministries. These people want to be the church in Frisco. And so we launched in October and that church is, that campus is thriving. Yeah, that's good. One of the thoughts I had watching you guys do that is like, uh, because you're doing all the things that we just talked about, you had the luxury of sending people out mm-hmm. because you knew uh, you could backfill. You, yeah, you I, weren't sunk. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want to pretend that it wasn't a little painful because sure, it was a little painful because we yeah. lost people we love and really gifted people, but now even more so they're using their gifts to give significant leadership to a campus. And was there a fulfillment or that maybe is not the right word, but was there a joy that came from that too, watching people that you guys had, had developed to now watch them go and be significant leaders at a campus? So one of the men that I saw tear up this past week was a man who is not on staff, uh, but is owning a key area at the Frisco campus now. And we sat down and we talked about this exact thing. Mm. And at the end, he was so blown away about just how God could use him because he had never done that before. He never, he just thought serving was this thing that he did. Yeah. And I'm like, and so th- this ministry that, he, that he's, it, it is the men's, men's equip, equipping Bible study. And we seated them here with 25 people. Um, at the Plano campus, uh, and they have they had 120 people uh, show up That's and are amazing. invested in and are now following this exact model as they discover and develop and deploy. And so it is a amazing joy to see the the flag being flag being planted for Jesus uh, in Frisco and just. God adding to their numbers each and every day. Yeah, it's like it's the way it should be, right? Yeah, totally. I'm yeah. just thinking about you know so many churches um, that that can't plan a church, that can't start another campus, that can't start even another ministry because they don't have uh, leaders. And um, I mean, what would happen if they, you know, spent some significant time this year thinking about leadership development? What kind of capacity uh, would they create? Then then they could deploy either outside the walls or within the walls. And I think uh, we're missing out on some opportunities because we, we try to hold on to people and they what ends up being uh, the case is we make these people like irreplaceable. Yeah. And if yep. we've got a we've got a bunch of people lined up outside that can take their role, we have a lot of optionality, and uh, we can really dream. We can get from the whiteboard and say, "What would God have us do?" And it might mean pulling that person out, sending them to Frisco. And right. I, would, I would hate not seeing them uh, on a weekly basis, but that's okay because we just developed a whole new crop that can take their mm-hmm. uh, take their position. Right. Let's go. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's a great vision for a church to be a net exporter of leaders. Amen. Amen. 
I mean, just to be able to to take care of what you've got, but how can you give give those people away? Yeah. Something I challenge our men, uh, my uh, directional team and some of our key leaders within our men's study uh, this past week was, hey, we have built this ministry now to a point in which we have spots filled. It, this is, it's this nice engine that moves. But what I would hate to look up is in, in two years and see that it's all the same faces in leadership, that, that it's easy to get comfortable when you have all your leaders running together and you got your friends, you got your buddies, but uh, letting it be where you're deploying out and you're, you're, we're asking our people, hey, multiply yourself and find someone to fill your job. That's awesome. Kyle, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no, other than, I mean, so we have a little bit of a philosophy here that we kind of throw people into the deep end yeah. a little bit. And that and that's true. So you guys talked about how few weeks we train. And so our philosophy is, hey, we throw them into the deep end, but we make sure there's lifeguards on the side of the pool with rings that if somebody gets in over their head, we're there to kind of help them think through that. Another thing that's really important is we've got this is not completing a, a curriculum and getting the right information. We've got people paying attention to this process with the people who are going through it at every level. So there are leaders looking, hey, is this person ready? Where's a good spot for them? So that's just not Derek. Derek's got a team of people that are helping. Hey, let's let's pay attention to these people, how they're doing, are they growing, how can we help them? And we're really pastoring them when you think shepherding them, even in this process, they're getting pastored and shepherded, not just developing their gifts. They're getting pastored and shepherded through that process. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, Adam, I think the last thing is like, uh, you don't even need to create a program. You might yeah. not be uh, in need of a program. It might just be a mentality. Mm -hmm. And, and I think as a leader, you can, you know, uh, you can live this out yourself. Make sure you always bring somebody with you. Yeah. Make sure you're, you're giving people opportunities, uh, giving them feedback. And then if you, you know, lead others, make sure they're doing the same. And you could like, make that a question. Who did you bring with you uh, this week? When you had a meeting, did you go alone? And that was something uh, historically we've been pretty militant about. Don't ever go to a meeting alone. Always bring someone with me. Yeah. I, and I, I was at a meeting uh, yesterday and, and doing uh, doing some things. And I brought, I brought one of our uh, residents with us. And he, he got to see some really, I mean, uh, high high level ideas and interact with some people who are way brighter uh, than me. And I thought, man, what a gift um, to give that guy. Why don't I do that more? Yeah. And I didn't need a program for that. I just needed to put him in the car uh, with me. And uh, you can even set up some accountability if you wanted to, if you're like really, really serious about it. We're going to ask in some kind of semi-frequent basis, did you bring someone else? Who is Who are you developing? And one of the things we've done in the past is uh, basically almost like a depth chart, like we're a football team. Like who's, who's behind you? You know, mm -hmm. Kyle, I know that's an exercise you've run. Who's your second? Who's your third? Who's your fourth string? Okay, great. What can we do to get them into first, second, uh, and third? And so even just that identifying and, and having these paths that you can move people through. You might not need a program, but if you start a program, just start simply. Yeah. I mean, Derek has got this incredibly uh, robust, you know, um, flow chart and things like that. And I think they started with opening their Bible yep. um, and picking a Pauline epistle and going through it. And you, most everybody can do that and then they can add to it and develop as they go. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say was just, Hey, if you're, if you're out there and you're thinking, Hey, how do we, what's our first step? Just find your faithful, available, teachable, and just, and just pull them in and open your, your Bible and then just move them through a short, short term thing in which you're developing them and then get them out, deploy and start that engine, start that cycle um, and just see what God does with it. That's great. Well, Derek does have a great little one page front and back summary 
of all the things that we've talked about on this episode. So we will be sure to include a link to that in the show notes. If you found today's episode helpful, the best thing you can do is share it with somebody. So be generous and let others know about this resource. If you have any questions or comments on today's episode or topics you'd like for us to consider for future episodes, please feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org. Kyle, Derek, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Great to be with you. And thank you to our executive producer, Chris Hatley, who doesn't have a microphone, but he makes it all happen. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.